KMTT Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. This is KMTT, the Torah podcast. Today is Tuesday. Shiur Pashat Hashavuah. This is Ezra Beck. I'm filling in for Harav Chanoch Waxman, who was not able to give the share this week. The Pasha is Pashat Miketz. And I want to talk about Yehuda. We all know that eventually Yehuda is the leader, is the Melech, the king in Israel. The Ramban, in other words, the tribe of Yehuda, is the king in Israel. The Ramban has trained us to see the stories of Parshat Bereshit as forecasting what will eventually be true in Am Yisrael. And especially in terms of the brothers, this is almost obvious. I mean, you have Yehuda, uh, Yaakov, I'm sorry, Yaakov gives the brachot in Pashad Vayechit, each of the brother. And many of them, in fact, talk about this, specifically about Yehuda, where he says to them that he will be the, the leader of the, of the brothers. Now, in last week's Pasha, Yehuda was clearly not the leader of the brothers. And... The story of Yehuda and Tamar begins with the phrase, Vayered Yehuda Mimachav. Yehuda went down from his brothers, and Chazal Rashi quotes there that he demoted himself. That he, he was not the leader of the brothers. When does Yehuda become the leader of the brothers? It's an especially important question because on the face of it, the Parshat Vayeshev, um, Miketz, Vayigash, and Vayechi is about the leadership of Yosef, who's the king after all, the viceroy of Egypt. But Yosef is not really the leader of the brothers. He's surely not the leader of Amisar later on. When does Judah attain his role? So the obvious answer, which uh, everybody would, I think, normally immediately think of, is in the beginning of next week's Pasha. Vayigash, Elav, Yehuda, Vayomar. When he, Vayigash Yehuda, Yehuda goes forward and puts himself in front of all the brothers and pleads and saves Binyamin from Yosef, which leads to Yosef's breaking down and confessing who he is, that's Yehuda in his finest hour. That's the beginning of Yehuda. But in fact, at least a few minutes earlier, Yehuda is officially and dramatically and uncontestably crowned as the leader of the brothers by the, by the Torah. In the end of our parasha, when the brothers are called back to Mitzrayim after the envoy of Yosef chases after them, looks and finds the, the cup in the bag of Binyamin, and therefore they're going to have to go back. The Pasuk says, Perek Mem Dalid, Pasuk Yud Dalid. Maybe the previous Pasuk, Pasuk Yud Gimel. Vayikru'u simlotam, and they, all of them, ripped their robes, vayamos ish al chamaro, vayashuvu ha'ira. They loaded up each one his mule and they returned to the city. 
Who returned to the city? They returned to the city. Next pasuk. Vayavo Yehuda ve'echav beta Yosef v'hu odenu sham. And Yehuda and his brothers came to the house of Yosef and he is there. Between pasuk 13 and pasuk 14, there's a switch from they, meaning the brothers, previously it said ha'achim, ha'achim, to all of a sudden it's Yehuda ve'ha'achim. Yehuda ve'echav. The phrase Yudav Echav, Yehuda and his brothers, implicitly, excuse me, explicitly, explicitly, says that Yudah is the leader. To call a bunch of people, Yehuda and his brothers, Yudah and the gang, puts Yudah in the number one spot. Much more explicitly than the Pasuk in the beginning of Yigash, which simply tells us that, in fact, he was the one who went to speak. So at some point, Yudah has become the leader of this group of people, to the extent that they are called, their name is Yudah Achim, Yudah and the brothers. How does this take place? What, what, is, the, what is the turning point? What is the, the process by which Yudah becomes the leader? I think the answer will be found in our Pasha, and I want to know where. Now, we do know where Yudah begins to assume leadership. And that was earlier in the Pasha when the brothers have to go back to Mitzrayim and they were told by Yosef that they should not come back unless they bring Binyamin with them. And their father has basically refused in advance when they told him right away that this would be the next time they'll go down. They would have to take Binyamin. He told them absolutely not. And now the food has run out and Yaakov says to them, you go again. And they tell him they can't go. And so Yaakov gets upset. Oti shikaltem Yosef inenu v'shimon inenu v'et binyamim tikahu alai hayu chulana. My son Yosef is gone, my son Shimon is gone, and you're going to take binyamim? You can't do it. Uvein tries to convince him, and Yudah and Yaakov says to Uvein, my son will not go with you. And then, when they come back to tell the father, it's time to go, Yudah is the one to speak and not Uven. And in fact, he succeeds. After a certain amount of conversation between them, Yaakov agrees to let Yudah take Binyamin. So, this is the point that almost everybody sees as this is clearly the, the, the beginning of the story of, of Yehuda as being first, as taking the initiative, as taking the leadership role. Now, obviously that's correct, but I think it's a bit problematic. There's a tremendous difference between what Yehuda does in the beginning of Ayigash, when he puts himself on the line for Binyamin and says to Yosef, Take me as the Ebed, but let Binyamin go. And what he does here. It's true, he says to his father, He says to his father, You give Binyamin to me, I will guarantee his return. And you should seek him from my hands. If I don't bring him back to you, then I will sin, I will be in a state of sin before you all the days. 
Yes, he is taking responsibility, but we all know the reason. It's not because he really cares about Binyamin. The reason is because he needs the food. And there's no other way to get the food. So I think it's an important first step. But the fact is that if Yehuda's problem till now has been that he's overly pragmatic, as was expressed in the horrifying statement that he made in last week's Pasha, when he said, What profit will there be from our killing our brother? That's the old Yehuda. So while it's true now he's doing a good thing and not a bad thing, he is taking care of Binyamin, but he's doing it because betza, because there's profit, because there's salvation, there's, there's food in it. And there's no other way to get the food other than to convince Yaakov. He'll do what it, he'll do what it takes to get Yaakov to agree. And so, perhaps this is, it's correct to see this as the beginning of something, but this wasn't really the turning point. However, I think there's another quality of leadership, other than the most important quality of responsibility, which I think is the main point, which will take place at the end of the Pasha, beginning of next week's Pasha. But there is another point which, in fact, does place this story of Ruvain and Yehuda against Yaakov as a crucial turning point. What, in fact, is the difference between Ruvain who failed to convince his father, and uh, Yehuda, who succeeded. Uh, in light of Rashi, many people think the difference was the way, uh, the way, uh, the way Ruvain spoke. Ruvain, when he spoke to Yaakov, had tried to convince him to send the children because he said. Um, He said, "If you uh, give, give me give me the boy, you can kill my two sons if I don't bring them to you." Rashi points out on the spot that this was simply foolish. When Yaakov answered, "Lo he said, "Lo He didn't accept what Reuben said. Why? He said, He's a foolish firstborn. Reuben's statement was inane. I should kill his children, I should kill my grandchildren because he didn't bring back my son? Are his grandchildren not my children? Are his children, Ruben's children, are they not my children? So Rashi says that that's the reason why uh, Yaakov rejected it. The Medrash which Rashi is quoting in fact does not state that. It's simply, the Medrash there says, B'chol Shotehu, Ruben was a fool. It doesn't say that Yaakov said it. Rashi took the statement of the Medrash and put it into Yaakov's mouth as the reason for the rejection. If we examine the Pesukim, we find an extraordinary indication that something has changed, something radical has changed when a few days or months later, Yudah addresses his father. When Yudah tells his father that we have to get Binyamin down to Mitzrayim, and Yaakov argues, and then Yudah tells him again, we have to do it, it's time to go. We can't wait any longer. All of a sudden it says, Vayomer alehem Yisrael avihem imkein efozot aso. And Yisrael, their father, then said to him, okay, this is how you should do it. What's extraordinary about this pasuk? Vayomer alehem Yisrael. Yaakov has not been called Yisrael since the beginning of Pashat 
Vayeshev. All of a sudden, the truth is, in, in this Pasha, in Miketz, he's called Avihim, their father. He doesn't, he doesn't have a name even of Yaakov, he's not even called. He's in this whole conversation, that we're in the middle of it, uh, it says, their father, Vayomer Reuven El Aviv, Vayomer Lo Yered And then, later on when they come back, so, Vayomer Alehem Avihem, Vayomer Elav Yehuda, their father speaks and Yudah speaks to him. And all of a sudden it says, Vayomer Yisrael. It says this twice. One, the Pasuk I quoted and truth is the earlier Pasuk. After Yehuda first spoke to Yaakov, all of a sudden it says, Vayomer Yisrael. The name Yisrael indicates something special about Yaakov. The word means he who fought with God, he who fought with man. But in fact, we don't have to guess at what it means because the next time Yisrael will appear, the name drops out of the usage, but will appear in Pashat Vayigash. When the brothers come back, after Yosef says who he is, and they convince him that Yosef is alive, he says he didn't want to believe them. They came to Yaakov, their father, and they said to him, Oh, Yosef, chai! He didn't believe them. So they told him everything he said. And then it says, And the spirit of Yaakov, their father, was revived. The next passage is, And Yisrael said, Wow, my son Yosef is alive. I will go see him. It's clear there why you switch from Yaakov to Yosef, because the Pasuk says, Vatachi Ruach Yaakov Avihem, and the spirit of Yaakov was revived, literally revived, became alive by Yom Yisrael. Yisrael is Yaakov alive. Kisarita Imelokim Adam, he who, who was able to, to confront, to fight, to struggle. That's Yisrael. But who is the Yaakov who we know in this long 21 year period between the disappearance of Yosef and the ultimate reappearance of Yosef, he's, he's dead. It says, his spirit became alive, and his spirit became alive. It means his spirit was not alive. And how is that expressed? The beginning of Pashat Miketz, Yaakov is extremely, extremely passive. He who struggles, he's not even close to struggling. His sons come and tell him there's a problem. We can't go back without Yosef. What does he say? He says, no. He says, I can't do it. He says, Oti shikaltem, Yosef einenu. He speaks in despair, in hopelessness. My son Yosef is gone. My son Shimon is gone. You want to take Binyamin? That's what you want to do to me? So Uven says to him, you can kill my children. And he says, no. His brother is dead and he's left. If anything happens to him, I'll be even deader. You can't do anything. What's your plan? What do you plan to do? How do you plan to get food? Nothing happens. A few months later, they run out of food. Yudak comes and says, it's time to go. Something about Yehuda was different. And that difference isn't expressed that it was more moral or he took responsibility. They both took responsibility. It's more or less the same thing as what Ruben said, Yehuda said. Blame me if anything goes wrong. What was different? I'll tell you what was different. Here's what Yehuda said to Yaakov when he first spoke to him. 
העד, העד בנו האיש לאמור לא תראו פניי ותיאחכם איתכם. You know, the man, it's Yosef, told us, don't come back without your brother. And now, Yudah says to his father, if you will send your brother, our brother with us, we will go. But if you don't send your brother, our brother with us, we won't go. Because the man has said, do not come without him. I think this is the difference between Yudah and Uvein. Yudah forces Yaakov to make a choice. We're not talking about a moral difference. Moral, moral character is very important. Ultimately, I think that which makes Yehuda officially the leader of his brothers is taking personal responsibility for Binyamin. That's the end of the Pasha. But it begins here. And here, it's not a matter of responsibility. Here, it's, it's, it's a matter of initiative. Yehuda is a leader in, in the simple sense of the word leader. Because a leader is not somebody who does things. It's a leader who gets other people to do things. He forces people to rise to the occasion. He's a leader. He challenges people. Yaakov is sunk in despair. He can't make choices. He doesn't, he's not confronting the situation. They have no food and he just doesn't know what to do. He's out of choices. He's out of decisions. He's out of initiative. And Yehuda says to him, it's an either-or situation. If you give our brothers, we go. If you don't give our brothers, we're not going to go. Don't think we're going to go without him just because you want us to. There's no point. We are not going to go. You have to take responsibility. You have to make the decision. You have to take responsibility. And to that statement, you had the following answer. Vayomer Yisrael. Now, it's true that Yaakov's answer isn't, okay, I'll do something. His answer is to complain. His answer is to accuse them of something. It's the beginning. He's Yisrael. Yudah has managed to rouse Yaakov from the lethargy, and he becomes, only for a minute or two, he becomes Yisrael again. He says to them, why did you do this to me to tell the man that I have no son? He's accusing them of something. That's already something. So they tell them what happened, and then Yudah repeats, Send the boy with me. I will guarantee him. And then again he says, And then he adds another line. Were it not for the fact that we're wasting our time now, we could have been back here twice. What chutzpah? That's what he speaks to his father. He said to his father, It's very nice we're talking, but we're wasting time. The time that we just spent arguing, we could have been there and back twice. It's chutzpah. But it works. Because then again it says, Oh, all of a sudden Yaakov has ideas. You know, the truth is Yaakov is a much better diplomat than his, than his sons. Yud has a plan, you know. But Yaakov says, oh, You know, if you're already going, let me explain a few things to you, you hot-headed children. Take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, bring a present for the man. He gives them advice. He, yes, he takes responsibility. He gets involved. That's Yisrael. Yehuda has done the impossible. He's revived the dead. He's resurrected the dead. Yaakov was dead to the world and he rises again. Now the truth is, it's very temporary. Because after telling them what to do, after telling them how to, what presents to take with them, and giving them a bracha, which is also a sign of life. You can't give a bracha if you're dead. You have to have something to share. V'kel shakai yitein lachem rachamim v'nei ha'ish v'shilach lachem et ha'chem acher v'ed binyamin. 
and God will grant you mercy and send back with you your other brother, Shimon and Benjamin. And then he adds, Vani kasher shacholti shacholti. But for me, as I am bereaved, I am bereaved. Okay, so Yaakov flickered into life, gave them advice, gave them a bracha, and then he did in fact sink back. When will he really come alive? Oh, that'll be later on. And then, then will be Yisrael permanently. But the point is, it's not about Yaakov here. This is not the turning point for Yaakov. This is a flicker of life from Yaakov. But this is the turning point of, of Yehuda. I think that in fact, from the moral point of view, Yehuda has not really taken personal responsibility for Binyamin, but he's taken responsibility for Binyamin. He says, I will be responsible. He's doing it not for love of Binyamin, and not because he's his brother, as he should have done for Yosef and for Binyamin. He's doing it because he's being practical. He has, but he has evinced now the simple quality of leadership, getting other people to rise to the occasion. And this, I think, is the beginning of what will eventually be. Having taking responsibility for Binyamin, then, at the end of the Pasha, when all of a sudden, it all falls apart, and Binyamin is about to be taken into captivity, then, Yehuda, who is responsible, takes real responsibility, puts his own life, or his own freedom, on the line, and that takes place, oh, explicitly in the beginning of a Yigash, but, we know from the Pasuk that I quoted earlier, that takes place exactly at the point where they turn around. They are leaving Mitzrayim, all 11 brothers, with their bags full of food, of grain. The man comes riding after them. and He goes through their bags and he finds the goblet by Binyamin. It says, you all, I'm taking him back home. And the brothers turn around to go back, and when they time they by the time they get, it says that all the brothers go back to the city, and Judah and his brothers come to the house of Yosef. Someplace on that journey, as they ride back to Mitzrayim, they ride back to the capital city. Yehuda makes the decision, which in, a, a few psukim later will be expressed in Vayigash Elav Yehuda, and Yehuda stepped forward. That decision was made on this lonely, silent, dark ride back where the man is going to take Binyamin as a slave and Judah says that will not take place. Not because I will fight them or I will you know, be a brave person, I will be a hero, but because I will take his place. I will say to them, you cannot do this. Worst comes to worst, take me. He is going home. My wife is instead of my brothers. The brother responsibility, which undoubtedly is the point of the story, that the brothers have to care for each other and not and not struggle against each other, not argue and not fight, as we saw in the beginning of Parshat Vayeshev. Yehuda is the one who heals that breach by taking responsibility. And then it says, and from that moment on it says, Yehuda Vechav. From that moment on, Yehuda is the king, not Yosef who perhaps intentionally is trying to achieve the same goal. I'm willing to concede that point, maybe, that that's his point, although 
It's not clear from the Pasha, but some commentators think that that's what Yosef was doing. But he hasn't done it. In other words, he's trying to get them to take responsibility. But in fact, it is Yehuda who puts his life on the line, and that's what makes him king. Where did this begin? Where did this start? Where did this change in Yudah's personality? Because it's a different Yudah than the one we know in Pashad Vayesha with Tamar and, with, and, 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 and by the pit when they sold Yosef. Lonely Yudah goes off on his own. When did Yudah become a brother? The leader of the brothers? Responsible for his brothers? So I think it all begins not at the end of the Pasha, but in the beginning of the Pasha. It begins when Yudah his true qualities, his kingly qualities, his leadership qualities, he succeeds in doing one thing. He succeeds in getting Yaakov to take some responsibility. In the end, he'll succeed in getting Yosef to take responsibility. Yosef the king, not Yosef his brother. Safnat Paneach, the strange Egyptian man, he gets him to take responsibility. And that I think is the beginning of the story whereby he will become king and leader of Am Yisrael. The name Yisrael, which in our Pasha indicates the rising of Yaakov's spirit, it means struggle. And I think that's the quality the king of Israel, the leader of Israel, has to be, has to have that quality. What Yehuda does in his argumentation with Yaakov is not to passively accept his faith, but to struggle against it. In his case, it's the struggle against Yaakov. Yaakov is not letting them go. And Yehuda says, I do not accept that. I will struggle with that fact. His struggle with Yaakov rouses the spirit of struggle within Yaakov. But the quality here is the quality of, of struggle, grappling, wrestling, fighting to establish our destiny, not accepting the given, not succumbing to, to fate, to blind fate, to the impossible. That quality is first evinced in Yudah, in the conversation with Yaakov, when he argues, fights, provokes, accuses Yaakov, every trick he can think of, forcing Yaakov, to do the same, to choose, not to flow, not to be passive, but to choose between the two possibilities that Yudah gives him. The same quality comes out in Yaakov. That quality in Judaism is called Yisrael. He who not only has the quality, but can incite the quality in others, is the leader of Israel. It therefore won't be that surprising that when faced with the real-life situation of his brother being enslaved by the king of Egypt, that he will not accept that situation either. The other brothers are dumbstruck, do not know what to say. Vayigash elav Yehuda. Yehuda puts himself forward and becomes the one on his own leaving the other brothers behind, by Gash, and he went forward, standing alone, he and the king of Egypt, the most powerful man in the world, and he will struggle until he gets his brother back and brings him home to his father. This is the man who stands alone before Yosef and forces him to face his destiny, 
forcing Yosef to become, to change his own identity, as Yaakov changed his identity. Yaakov changed from Yaakov to Yosef. Yosef will change from Mishneh Paro to Ani Yosef Ha'od Avinu Chai. Yosef will become once again Yosef, his true identity, a son of Israel, a son of Avinu, and not the ruler of Egypt. You've been listening to the Shir Pashat HaShavua, KMTT. Next week, Amir Tzashem HaRav Chanoch Waxman will be back for the regular Shir. And it's been quite a while since I personally have given a Shir on KMTT. And so I actually enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the opportunity, Amir Tzashem. Sometime in the future, I will also be back with a regular, with a regular series. Kol Tov, Kimitzion, Teitzei Torah, Udvar Hashem, Yerushalayim.